Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Glad you're with us this evening. I'm going to read you something. I'm going to read you the way it's written. Hitler said, because the white Jews knows that the Negroes are the real children of Israel, and to keep America secret, the Jews will blackmail America. The will extort America, just reading as it's written, their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they are. The white citizens of America will be terrified to know that all this time they've been mistreating and discriminating and lynching the children of Israel. They will fear God will destroy them as he destroyed Egypt for doing the same thing. So the elite, the Illuminati, keeps this a secret at all costs. After I die, I will one day cause World War III, just by this message, which will be like planting a seed in a people minds until it sprouts once they nurture that seed and seek more truth and learn Hitler was right. Wow. Is that a Klansman? Neo-Nazi? Antifa? Black Lives Matter? Now, that is a professional football player by the name of Deshaun Deshaun Jackson. Now, you've heard about what he wrote, but has anybody read it to you? Now, in this cancel culture, wouldn't you think he'd be canceled, Mr. Producer? You would absolutely think he would be. And you'd be hearing an outcry, professional athletes, wouldn't you, Mr. Producer? 
the NBA and the NFL, you'd be hearing an outcry of sports broadcasters. There's some, but not many. They're making excuses for him. That he was ignorant, that he didn't understand what he was doing, and so forth and so on. And he's tried to step back. But that's a pretty emphatic statement, is it not? Now, we've been waiting for the National Football League here at the Mark Levin Show to make a statement. And it just did. Wait till you hear it. And it didn't come from Roger Goodell, the commissioner. Quote, Deshaun's comments were highly inappropriate, offensive, and divisive. And stand, no, that's how they, that's how they define them? And stand in stark contrast to the NFL's values of respect, equality, and inclusion. We've been in contact with the team which is addressing the matter with Deshaun. What do you think of that comment, Mr. Producer? It's inappropriate, offensive, and divisive. Where are all the NFL players? Where's Colin Kaepernick? He could give a damn. Where's all the players for the Eagles? The commissioner, obviously, isn't all that upset by this. Isn't this incredible? I don't know of any player who has said this about African Americans, anything like it. Whether they be football players or basketball players. LeBron James, as he commented, he hasn't said a thing. In another day or two, this will all be forgotten. None of it will be remembered. Now, why is that? Well, there just aren't that many Jewish football players. There are some, but there just aren't that many, are they? Why am I the only host in the United States of America with this kind of a platform who keeps pointing out what Black Lives Matter says about Jews? Why am I the only host with a platform like this that keeps pointing out what they did in L.A. to a third of the synagogues? Like a pogrom, the rabbi said. Or de Blasio, a full-throated Marxist, has done to the Hasidic Jews in Brooklyn. Where is everybody? Now, many of you are not Jewish. Most of you listening are not Jewish. Some of you are probably saying, oh, here he goes again. It's not a here he goes again. This is the beginning of something that's extremely evil. And it is taking hold in the Democrat Party. It's taking hold in the media. It's taking hold in professional sports with sports broadcasters and athletes. And it is the the beginning of the end of a society. We've seen this over and over again with republics and other forms of government in other countries. It's the Jews, then it's the Christians, and then it's everybody. And I'm telling you now that the National Football League to put out a statement like this is so appalling. Why isn't Deshaun Jackson fired? Or at least suspended? Has he been Mr. Producer? I haven't seen anything. Why are they spending so much time thinking about it? 
We're getting rid of the name Redskins for the Washington Redskins because some people are offended, mostly white liberals. They've done surveys of Native Americans, the vast majority of whom just don't give a damn, are perfectly fine with it. But that's, that's passe at this point. When you have an out-and-out bigot and Jew-hater who is a football player, and the, the union for the football player says nothing, his colleagues on the Eagles say nothing. All these so-called down-for-the-revolution civil rights activists say nothing. The sports broadcasters, not all, but the vast majority, say next to nothing. You've got people defending Black Lives Matter all over television who lie about what they stand for who purposely ignore what their mission statement has said and does say. And we're pulling down monuments of men who were, what, 150 years ago? And here we have a modern-day football player. And the NFL is afraid to say anything significant. Well, where are all the African-American football players? Why aren't they denouncing this? Where are all the Caucasian football players? Why aren't they denouncing this? Where are they? They're nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. There's a high tolerance on the left. A high tolerance for bigotry. Particularly Jew hatred. And you see it growing in the Democrat Party. You see it with Ilhan Omar. I had the guts to get behind this microphone last evening and open the floodgates, finally, and explain that this is a woman who came into this country with her family as a refugee from the hellhole called Somalia. That's correct. And all she does is rip our country. And I said then which has been regurgitated throughout today, that this is what happens when you have an open immigration system. This is what happens when you don't have assimilation into our culture. This is what happens when we assimilate into the cultures of the people who escape these different countries. You have people who are elected to office, people who who get significant positions in our culture, who are insisting that we destroy our own country. And they're aided and abetted by the Democrat Party, and they're aided and abetted by the media in this country, and by tenured Marxist professors. And until we turn this around, it's going to be very, very difficult to straighten out the country. I watched this guy, Don Lemon, briefly, but I decided to watch him, and he's on with Cuomo. Cuomo now calls him D. Lemon, like, you know, he's, he's from the hood. He calls him D, D. Lemon. D. Lemon is a frigging moron. He's a pathetic excuse for a television host of any kind. And he sits there smugly, Trashing his fellow Americans. Trashing this country. 
And anybody who dares speak out, obviously, is part of the white supremacist, white privilege mindset. Does he understand he works for Jeff Motherzucker? Who's white, who's Jewish, who's a millionaire and a liberal? Is he part of the systemically racist? Of course not. Again, let me underscore what they mean by systemically racist. If you don't agree with the radical left agenda, if you don't agree with the Democrat Party, then obviously you're part of a systemically racist society. When they talk about voter oppression and voter suppression, they're talking about doing whatever they can to eliminate any standards to ensure that only the people who legally can vote, vote. They camouflage what they're really up to, Marxism, anarchism. Turning this country inside out. Voting for Democrats, and only Democrats, and always Democrats. Is Deshaun Jackson going to vote for Donald Trump? Hell no. He'll vote for Biden, if he votes at all. But should we be surprised when MSNBC hires Al Sharpton and gives him a hosting position? Should we be surprised when MSC hires Joy Reid and gives her a a hosting position? Should we be surprised by the New York Times that hires anti-Semites and American haters and covered up two of the greatest genocidal disasters in humanity? Stalin wiping out millions of Ukrainians and Hitler wiping out millions of Jews? That's the history of the New York Times. And the Washington Post. Should we be surprised at all? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I'm quite serious about uh, the Levin plan here, which is to defund. They want to defund the cops. They want to defund the military. Well, since most of them on the left get federal subsidies and government subsidies, we ought to be talking about defunding them. Most of them get special privileges from government. Most of us do not. And so we need to begin the process to defunding our colleges and universities. That is, slashing taxpayer subsidies. And that will require states to be involved, Republican state legislatures. And that's absolutely necessary if we're going to get to the heart of the problem. 
Number two, we need to start challenging tenure for professors. No professor should get tenure after one or two or three years, let alone school teachers who do. But there's no reason that we should be giving tenure to people who hate our country and day in and day out preach uh, doctrines that have as their purpose to create a revolution against the rest of society outside the campus. So we need to have a, uh, an effort to attack tenure. I'm quite serious about this. And so we need to look at all these areas where we are subsidizing the left, subsidizing their, their so-called uh, thinkers. And then we ought to, on our own, have our own BDS movements, our own defund the NFL, defund the NBA, defund Major League Baseball, although they seem to be relatively quiet lately. They're busy fighting over their 60-day season. But if you're going to be accused of being systemically racist, and you know you're not racist, and you're going to be accused of this merely because of the way you were born, then you ought to fight back. I'm fighting back. I'm not watching the NFL anymore. I canceled my sports package with Comcast. None of that's going to appear in my house anymore. There's no way. I'm not interested in their... Their jerseys and their sneakers made by enslaved labor in China and other places. The hypocrites and the irony of what they do. And whenever you see a cop, thank them. I'll tell you, today I pulled up to a red light and there was a police officer in the little town I was driving through. He was on my right. He was an African-American police officer. I lowered my window and I tapped my horn and he looked at me and he actually looked like, "Uh uh-oh, what's this guy going to say to me? Like I was going to give him an earful. I said, thank you, officer, and God bless you and be safe. He was so thrilled. He said, well, that's very, very kind of you. I appreciate that. Let me be blunt. We are an army of tens of millions. We don't control cable TV. We don't control the network news. We don't control the sports uh, professional leagues. We don't control Hollywood. But we are tens of millions. And if each one of us, each one of us conducts ourselves in a way where we confront this internal enemy, where we speak up the greatness of America, it can have an effect. And demand that your state legislatures, your state rep and your state senators start slashing the subsidies to colleges and universities. Pass laws to weaken tenure for these professors. Let's go at them. And reject the NFL and reject the NBA. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. 
This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Thomas Friedman is a liberal. He married an extraordinarily wealthy woman who inherited an extraordinary amount of money. They have a massive estate in Maryland outside of Washington, D.C. He's won multiple Pulitzer Prizes, so that tells you that they're worthless, utterly worthless. And infamously, I have him in, I believe it's in uh, Liberty and Tyranny, where he is praising the communist Chinese regime. So he's a dangerously stupid man, and yet a number of people follow him. Now, I told you early on that Joe Biden is going to be counseled not to debate the president of the United States, certainly not in person. Because despite all the talks four months ahead about the polls and the battleground states and so forth, Joe Biden's weakness is Joe Biden. That's why he's hiding. It has nothing to do with the virus. The virus has been a blessing to Joe Biden. That's true. And to the Democrat Party. You saw him in the Democrat debates. He made a fool out of himself on multiple occasions. But this would be a platform without seven, eight, nine, ten candidates. This would be one-on-one with Donald Trump in person. And what I told you and what I'm still concerned about is they'll try and turn this into a, a type of debate where you both sit in the basement of your homes and you debate that way. Or something else. They'll try something foolish. And, and the media will back them no matter what. And so the media are trying to give Joe Biden and the Democrat Party advice and trying to rally the Praetorian Guard media around Joe Biden and their positions. And that's exactly what Thomas Friedman did July 7th. And here's what he wrote. I worry about Joe Biden debating Donald Trump. He should do it only under two conditions. Otherwise, he's giving Trump unfair advantages. Now think about that. The fact of a debate with Trump gives Trump an unfair advantage. Because what Friedman knows is that Joe Biden is incapable mentally of being president of the United States or the manager of a 7-Eleven. He's just incapable of it. He says, first, Biden should declare that he will take part in a debate only if Trump releases his tax returns for 2016 through 2018. So now what he's doing is trying to create a litmus test just for Trump. Conditions just for Trump never applied to any president in history. Biden has already done so, and they're on his website. Of course Biden's done so. He's been on the public dole his entire damn life. He says, Trump must too. No more gifting Trump something he can attack while hiding his own questionable finances. I don't know what that means, gifting Trump something he can attack. Folks, here's what they want to do. Donald Trump is a multi-billionaire with multiple businesses. 
and his tax returns are probably one or two feet high. And they will unleash left-wing CPAs and others to go through it and to attack it. To attack their accuracy, to attack decisions he made, to attack it. And they want us to spend the next three and a half to four months up to the election debating Donald Trump's tax returns. That's the sleazy trick they're talking about. And second, he writes, Biden should insist that a real-time fact-checking team approved by both candidates be hired by the nonpartisan commission on presidential debates. And that 10 minutes before the scheduled conclusion of the debate, this team report on any misleading statements, phony numbers, or outright lies either candidate had uttered. That way, no one in that massive television audience can go away easily misled. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, you're just too stupid. So Tom Friedman wants handpicked experts to tell you what the truth is and what falsity is. And yet we know these fact-checkers are full of crap most of the time. He says, debates always have ground rules. Why can't telling the truth and equal transparency on taxes be conditions for this one? Yes, the fact that we have to make truth-telling an explicit condition is an incredibly sad statement about our time. Hey, doofus, why didn't you apply that to Obama when he lied about Obamacare? When he lied about the Iran deal? Why didn't you do it then? Well, we know why. But if the past teaches us anything, Trump might very well lie and mislead for the entire debate, forcing Biden to have to spend a majority of his time correcting Trump before making his own points. This is a Pulitzer Prize winner. I have an idea, Mr. Producer. How about a psychological examination? prior to the debates. Not a condition of the debates, but prior to the debates. So we can know, even better than that, how about an imaging of both candidates' brains? I'm quite serious about this. To see if Joe Biden suffers from the protein called tau that causes dementia and sometimes Alzheimer's disease. Because of COVID-19, Biden has been sticking close to home. That's not why. You don't see truck drivers and grocery store clerks and policemen and firefighters and emergency personnel and doctors and nurses and janitors and on and on staying close to home. Biden's staying close to home because to put him out in public is to cost him 15 points. And with the coronavirus now spreading further and Biden being a responsible individual and role model, see, he's giving him his talking points. It's likely that he won't be able to engage with any large groups of voters before Election Day. He's saying, Joe, keep using the excuse. Don't go out and campaign. Let's put conditions on the debate. Trump won't agree. Then you don't have to debate and you're in like Flynn. Better yet, you're in like Biden. Therefore, the three scheduled televised debates, which will garner huge audiences, will carry more weight for him than ever. He should not go into such a high-stakes moment ceding any advantages to Trump. So now you're ceding advantages to Trump if you don't put these extraneous, irrelevant additions into the debate format because Tom Friedman demands it. 
Isn't it clever how sleazy these people are? So Biden needs to make Trump pay for them in the currency of transparency and fact-checking. Universal principles that will level the playing field for him and illuminate and enrich the debates for all citizens. It's a righteous cause that Thomas Friedman's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Communist China's favorite columnist. Of course, Trump will stomp and protest and say, no way. It's almost as if Friedman is demented himself, talking to himself, isn't it? He asks the questions and then he, he gives the answers. No way. Fine. Let Trump cancel. Let Trump look American voters in the eye and say, there will be no debate because I should be able to continue hiding my tax returns from you all, even though I promised that I wouldn't. And even though Biden has shown you his, and there will be no debate because I should be able to make any statement I want without any independent fact-checking. How about this one? How about this one? We get to all hear more from Tara Reid. We all get to hear more about Hunter Biden or Joe Biden's brother and their hands in the till. You see, Freeman wants Biden to win because Freeman, in addition to being a leftist and a Democrat, is an apologist for communist, genocidal China and Chairman Xi. Trump, you will recall, never sold his Trump organization holdings or put them into a blind trust as past presidents did with their investments to avoid any conflicts of interest. Rather, his assets are in a revocable trust whose trustees are his eldest son, Donald Jr., Alan Weisberg, the Trump Organization chief financial officer, which is a joke, he says. Why, do you have any evidence whatsoever after all these investigations of any corruption? They have none. And you look how sleazy the Biden family is. Trump, he's writing this really for Biden, directly to Biden. Trump promised during the last campaign to release his tax returns after an IRS audit was finished, which turned out to have been another joke. Once elected, Trump claimed that the American people were not interested in seeing his tax returns. Actually, we are now more interested than ever because Tom Friedman speaks for everybody. And not just because it's utterly unfair that Biden go into the debate with all his income exposed. He and his wife, Jill, earned more than $15 million in two years after they left the Obama administration, largely from speaking engagements and books, while Trump doesn't have to do the same. Because, you idiot, Trump made his money before he became president of the United States. Biden, Biden sold his former vice presidency for speeches. And this is how it works in Washington, D.C. Most people don't come into the presidency enormously wealthy, having earned their income on their own. Usually like Obama, both Obamas. Biden, Gore, they make a fortune because they were in high office. Trump made a fortune before he came into high office. And then he goes on, Friedman. There must be something in those tax returns that Trump really does not want the American public to see. It may, it may be just silly that he's actually not at all that rich. And he goes on, that's not why, ladies and gentlemen, because Trump knows they'll spend endless hours on TV just nitpicking his tax returns. 
Or more ominously, it may be related to Trump's incomprehensible willingness to give Russian President Vladimir Putin the benefit of every doubt for the last three plus years. This is a sick man, Tom Friedman. Now, let me tell you, Thomas Friedman, you're a leftist, you married into wealth, you've never earned much money on your own other than through parlaying your Pulitzer Prizes into speeches. And you write for a newspaper that covered up the Holocaust. You are a grotesque propagandist and demagogue. That's what you are. You apply no standards to yourself. You apply no standards to your employer. None whatsoever. None. You just regurgitate the same Democrat talking points about tax returns. And that Trump is a liar. And therefore, there should be no debates, ladies and gentlemen. Because it's not an even playing field when Biden releases his tax returns, but Trump hasn't released his. Now, we want to know if Biden's up to the job, Friedman. We don't give a damn about tax returns. We want to know if Biden's up to the job. We want to know which Joe Biden's going to show up, the one that played footsie and embraced segregationists or the one that didn't? The one who was in government for almost half a century and did almost nothing or the one who now talks about fundamentally transforming America? There's a lot we want to know about Joe Biden. And the only way we're going to know is by a one-on-one, in-person debate because you and the media, and as you demonstrated against Freeman, are part of the Praetorian Guard propaganda machine of the left and the Democrat Party. When you're not defending the genocidal maniacs in red China, while you're working for a Holocaust-denying newspaper, now you're the mouthpiece for the Democrat Party. Pulitzer Prize or not, you're a complete clown. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now here is Biden. Today. We'll do the shortcut first. Maybe I'll decide to do the longer part in the next hour. But listen to this. Cut one, go. Uh, Surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. Yeah, they do need that. Because a lot of these drug gangs are heavily, heavily armed. A lot of these bank robbers are. You remember that happened on the West Coast, Mr. Producer, where the police were underarmed and overgunned? Remember when that took place? Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. Let's go. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. No, it's not. And what does that have to do with anything? Has somebody been killed by an armored Humvee, Mr. Producer? Had they been run over? I mean, so this is it. This guy talks about stuff. Go ahead. I don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that... Can we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, absolutely. One of the things that we also need to be doing... Mm-hmm. Redirecting the funding. So he wants to redirect funding from police departments to what? China? Ukraine? But seriously, to what? And I told you before, and I'll continue to say it, the Democrats have thrown in with the gangs, with the radicals. And yes, with the rioters. Because they won't denounce them in explicit terms. They won't denounce them repeatedly. Their media won't denounce them. Their media won't denounce Antifa. Their media throw in with Black Lives Matter. Their media pretend that the, the rioters are mostly peaceful. Because that's the narrative. It has to be the narrative. The Democrats are protecting the Democrats. Whether they're mayors, city councilmen, whether they're police chiefs, whether they're in the media, but they're all protecting each other. So you get this ludicrous argument that the worse crime is getting in the inner cities, the less we need police. So you're supposed to suspend all rationality. To your own detriment, the detriment of your own community. And it doesn't matter how many deaths we see. How many little babies are killed. How many women are raped. How many stores are burned to the ground. It doesn't matter. This is the position of the Democrat Party. They run the whole kit and caboodle. And I don't even know what a kit and caboodle is, Mr. Bidus. So yes, he says, yes, yes, we need to redirect funding. What, redirect it to what? Redirect it to what? From the police. So Biden has no answers. This is why Thomas Frieden and his campaign do not want Biden out there, and they do not want these debates. The President of the United States turns to Biden and says, you have no plan for securing our communities. You have no plan for improving our schools. You have no plan for safety and security in these neighborhoods. You have no plan at all. Your party's in charge. You've been around for half a century. You've got nothing. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 When you have this guy skip bayless and shannon sharp and what they do in a lot of these shows when they have a white uh, sports guy is he has to be a leftist it's like kellerman and then you got this guy bayless 
I want you to listen to what this Shannon Sharp has to say. You've heard from Farrakhan. He has said the Jews are termites. He thinks Hitler's a great man. He goes on and on and on. He attacks America. He attacks white people. He's a separatist with the Nation of Islam. But he has said horrific, horrific things. And I want you to listen to this, and this is why you really need to wash your hands of sports, professional sports. Maybe college sports you can watch, maybe certain professional sports. But you need to be much more choosy and thoughtful about whose ratings you're going to increase, uh, whose tickets you're going to buy, whose jerseys and sneakers you're going to buy. Because I just want you to know you're subsidizing these people. Shannon Sharp is on... Fox Sports. And Bayless speaks and then Sharp. Cut 10, go. Let's quickly hit on the Farrakhan topic. No matter what you think of Louis Farrakhan, Nation of Islam, he has made it pretty clear over the years he does not like Jewish people. Is, is that fair to say? Well, not from the conversation that I've had with, 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 with the minister. He said it's, it's abundantly. He's made it clear to anybody that's sitting down, sat down with him. He says he doesn't. Anybody who sit down, he says he doesn't. So everything he has said didn't happen. Ladies and gentlemen, go on the internet. It's all over the place. So why would Shannon Sharp say this? Why would Shannon Sharp say this? And what's Fox Sports going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. He's not done. Cut 11, go. And then once Obama got elected, one of his early decisions, Louis Farrakhan <clears throat> criticized him as the first Jewish president. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> the minister <sighs> supported Donald Trump. Well, in what's 20- with the heavy breathing, you little puke? Just get it out. Go ahead. Saying he was the only candidate who has stood up. Uh, to the uh, to the Jewish community and said, I don't want your money. So, so what would that be considered as? Oh, let's stop there. Trump never said that. I don't even know what he's talking about. But let's let's watch how Shannon Sharp jumps. Trump. It's like a knee. Oh, Trump. Knee Trump. Go ahead. You remember when the uh, 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 Rep- House Representative Omar, when right. she said it was all about the Benjamins, they jumped all over her. President right. Trump said the exact same thing. You guys won't vote for me right. because you care about your money and you can't control me. Right. He said the exact same thing. Nobody said a word. Nobody said a word. Mr. Sharp, I can give you a chapter and verse on Ilian Omar and the things you said about Jews and not just Jews. About this country. And I can also show you what Donald Trump has done with Jews and the state of Israel. Why is he loved by Jews worldwide? Why is he loved by the Jews in the state of Israel? Not the state of New York, the state of Israel. Why is he considered the greatest president, certainly uh, in terms of his treatment of Israel, by the Israelis? And what do they think of Omar? So why do you play these games, Shannon Sharp? I'll tell you why you play these games. Because you will not criticize Louis Farrakhan. Because you'd rather attack 
Drew Brees, easy target. Gutless wonder, certainly when it comes to this political arena. Shannon Sharp is a disgrace. He's a disgrace. Farrakhan, he has met with Farrakhan. Why, I don't know. He's met with Farrakhan. He made it clear to anybody that sat down with him, he says he doesn't hate Jews. You have to be deaf, dumb, and blind to make a statement like that. Then, of course, Skip Bayless wants to make it about Donald Trump. But he's picked on the wrong person there. Because no president, no president, has the history of supporting the Jewish community and the Israelis that Donald Trump has. No president. None. And then he defends Omar through distraction and diversion. And she said it was all about the Benjamins. She said more than that. Shannon Sharp. So did AOC. So did Talib. So did Presley. You don't criticize any of them. That's why you're a fraud. You jerk. I don't care how big and strong. You're a schmuck. That's exactly what you are. What a disgrace. Absolutely appalling. Defending Farrakhan, defending Omar, trashing Trump. Wow, what a show. Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Wow. Just fantastic. Nobody watches that crap, to be perfectly honest with you. It's so damn predictable. Nobody watches that crap. They'll vote, both vote for Biden, of course. Biden, who, who worked with segregationists. Biden, who not only opposed busing, as did most people, by the way, black and white, but opposed it on the grounds that the biggest segregationists would argue, would use. The argument of a segregationist, the argument of a separatist, which is in now, I think. I think it's in now, isn't it, Mr. Reducer? I mean, the left is that way. It comes around full circle. I've explained the political spectrum before. We constitutional conservatives, we're not right-wingers. We're right in the middle of the spectrum. We defend the Constitution. We embrace it. We embrace the Declaration. We embrace our principles. We really want individual liberty. We really want unalienable rights for all human beings. We really, really do. We're not right-wingers. It is amazing. If you change skin color, how similar the Klan and Black Lives Matter is. Or neo-Nazis and Antifa. It really is amazing how that spectrum works, isn't it? You go to the hard left and go all the way to the hard right. You and I aren't part of the hard right. We're constitutional concern. Don't let them define you. Not going to define me. You endorse and embrace the founding principles of Western Enlightenment of Western civilization, which have given everybody the lifestyle they have today, whether they want to admit it or not, doesn't make you a right-winger. makes you a centrist. That's what you are. That's what we are in that respect. So Shannon Sharp there. Boy, he's loud too, by the way, isn't he? Just saying. Shannon Sharp. Defends Farrakhan, defends Omar, and attacks Trump. 
attacks Drew Brees, embraces Black Lives Matter. This is why, really, sports shouldn't get into politics. These jocks don't know a hell of a lot about what they're talking about. They're more knee-jerk and emotional than anything else. Only certain sportscasters who take the time to really educate themselves understand the political world. Most of them, again, are knee-jerk. They're self-serving, self-aggrandizing, self-preservationists. I'm just telling you. There's Shannon Sharp. Farrakhan. You know, when you meet with Farrakhan, ladies and gentlemen, you know, he'll tell you he doesn't hate Jews. Just when he speaks publicly. Only then does he hate Jews. But that Trump boy, I'll tell you what, that guy, you know, he's a problem. Getting ugly out there. I like this fellow, Jason Whitlock, Mr. Producer. Have you read his stuff? You watched him. We've talked about him in the past. He's very sharp. You can tell he's a man of faith. He's not cowed. He's not a coward. He speaks out. He speaks up. Maybe I'll bring him on TV if he's amenable to it. And there are a handful of others too. These are exceptional people who have real guts. They have real guts. They don't go along with the crowd. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Let us slip a few callers in here, shall we? Yes, we can. Mike, Kingstown, Rhode Island, XM Satellite. How are you? Mark, I meant. How are you, sir? Good. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, Speaker, forever hold yourself. Hi, Professor Levin. I I just want to, first of all, thank you for taking my call, and thank you for the education you've given me. Uh, I'm a 30-year Navy veteran. Wow. I'm retired. Uh, sir, I, I, I'm 60-year-old Caucasian male, and uh, I know I'm supposed to be a racist, but I don't know why uh, I tear up every time I hear about the, the babies being killed in our cities. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the black babies, the, the, the black lives that are being lost in the cities. Um, I, I don't know why I do that, but I guess. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, it's so horrific. And uh, it's so horrific. And the fact that 
it's tolerated. It's tolerated by these political parties. It's tolerated by, uh, by the voters. It's tolerated by these athletes. It's tolerated by Hollywood. It's just tolerated. It's utterly disgusting. It's shocking. It is, sir. It is. And, and sir, what I called was uh, I wanted to recommend to President Trump that he just bypass all these ridiculous, obvious restrictions that the Democrats are trying to impose upon him. And he should do a, a Clint Eastwood. He should debate an empty chair, which is ah. about, the, about the equivalent of uh, debating a live Biden. But he should just make his points. And it's easy to to um, predict. So in other words, uh, the media are now advising Biden, don't show up with uh, unless you make these uh, demands that you know Trump will not accept. And then you can blame Trump for, uh, you know, very clever, like a good uh, Sovietologist. And then you can blame Trump uh, for uh, scuttling the debates. And you're saying, well, no, Trump should have the debate, have an empty chair and debate the empty chair like Clint Eastwood. I like exactly, it. Sir. I like the Thank idea. You, All right. Take care. Matter of fact, I put a dummy in there that looks like Biden, maybe a blow up doll, maybe a cardboard figure. Have him stand there. I'm just kidding. But you get the drift. Craig, Highlands, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. Uh, Craig here. Uh, I just want to follow up a little bit on what you were speaking about with uh, Shannon Sharp. You know, I'm reminded that the NFL hired a dog torturer, Michael Vick. Nobody said a word. Everybody accepted it. And and uh, and there was no no outcry, no nothing. And there's a man who tortured dogs. So this is the type of people that we're dealing with with some of these NFL players. Um, well, the teams and the league certainly tolerate it, don't they? Well, they do. Uh, you know, and uh, it's I, I lost. I stopped watching football right after that. And this mm-hmm. just reinforces uh, my feeling on that. And I'm so glad. You know, you I'm from Philadelphia, and I want to encourage all my fellow Philadelphians, boycott the Eagles. Just BDS them. Just do what the left does. Um, watch your kids play football. Watch high school football. It's still a lot of fun. There are other things to do. We've gotten through uh, uh, part of the year. We'll get through uh, the rest of the year without football, and you can get through without basketball or get more involved in neighborhood uh, games and so forth. I mean, we got to get back to basics here, and we have to quit. I mean, these people are paid a fortune for what they do. The people who report on them, many of them, are paid a fortune, and they hate us. They hate their fans. They hate their customers who buy their crap. They absolutely hate us, and many of them hate the country. And they're embracing, in the case of Shannon Sharp, Farrakhan? In the case of Deshaun Jackson? Hitler? What the hell is this? You know, it it defies logic, and that brings up my other point. You're to be commended. I don't know, with your intellect, how how you have to... You're able to dummy down to, to speak to these people it is incredible. I, I mean the left. You I mean the left. Dummy down to speak to the left. Yeah. It's not easy. 
you know what I do if I know I'm going to talk to a liberal? I watch uh, Roadrunner cartoons. Yeah, exactly. It conditions, it conditions my mind so I don't go into shock. I'll, I'll tell you something uh, that may or may not be interesting to you and to most of the audience. Often before I come and do this show, I'm, I'm actually reading heavy-duty philosophy, heavy-duty history. I'm trying to figure out what's going on in our country, trying to figure out some way to confront it and address it and to, and to speak to my, my blessed audience out here to communicate uh, what's taking place in this country. Some days I fail. Some days I think I succeed. So we can all work through this together. I am blessed with this microphone. More than a camera. I'm blessed with this microphone, and I know it. And, uh, and some days I want to sit here and get into heavy philosophy, and then I say, no, people just don't want that, uh, particularly at the time of the day that I'm, I'm, I'm aired. So, uh, but, but we do our best, and, uh, and I'm going to keep calling them as I see them. If they drag me off a of radio and TV, so be it. I don't, uh, I don't much care. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Great call from Craig. Aaron, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark, this is John in Maryland. Oh, John in Maryland? Well, how are you, yeah. how are you Aaron, in Dallas, Texas? All right, John in Maryland. Go right ahead. John in Maryland. Okay, Mark. Uh, Hank Williams, Jr., he sings for the NFL on Monday nights. Uh, he's got well, this song. He did. Uh, they they play it still, but uh, I don't think he has any real association with them anymore. Yeah, well, I think he's back. On, you know, he was back. You know, he was taken off for six years, and then he was put back on mm-hmm. Monday Night Football. But he's got a song. If the South would have won, you know, I, I'm surprised they would have him still on there. With now, him. I'll tell you what they're going to target next. Not just him, but all country music. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All country music, and then we'll get back into a real civil war. They'll start targeting the South, Southern schools, Southern cities, Southern this, Southern that, Southern menus, Southern food, Southern chefs. Just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Everything that Abraham Lincoln preached against, everything Abraham Lincoln argued against after the Civil War, he really wanted the country to come together as the Civil War was coming to an end. And the Marxists are ripping us to shreds. The same political party that caused the Civil War, that defended slavery, the same political party that for 100 years supported segregation, the same political parties at it again, just different uh, approach, different ideology, but still anti-American. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. And the liberal contact number is 877-381-3811. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people. 
of people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College is providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its supported classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserve the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. Now, this learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence that we celebrate every 4th of July. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to the motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Let's take a call. Mark, Long Island, New York, the great WABC, go. Hello, Mark. Yes, sir. Mark, I wanted to let you know that I'm joining you uh, in defunding the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Mark, I'm a lifelong football fan. My two favorite sports are football and hockey. I even watched the National Football League draft in the spring. I followed it very closely for years. My team is in the anti-American conference of the political football league. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I'm going to join you, and I'm going to pull out my uh, sports package on my cable, and I'm not going to watch the games anymore. And that is your absolute right. Yes, I'm, I'm really going to do that, Mark, and it's going to be hard because in the fall I used to really enjoy doing that, but I just can't take it anymore. I loved football, and I loved my Eagles, and I'm done. Yes. I feel I'm done. exactly the same. All right. Take care. Cindy. Oh, we got Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A., how are you? What's up, big time? How are you, sir? Well, we live in very, very traumatic times, don't we? Yes, we do. No question about it. You want to take issue with me? Well, listen, what I would say, I would say to you is that you are right uh, to be incredibly upset about Deshaun Jackson and what he had to say. Um, it was inappropriate. It was uncalled for. Uh, definitely there's no excuse for him to say what he had to, what, what he did say, uh, and then his apology was a bit convoluted, to say the least. Uh, but in the same breath, he immediately acknowledged he made that mistake. It's not like he's the greatest wordsmith in the world. On top of it all, you know, the Jewish community itself has reached out to him and said that he needs to be educated, and he has opened himself up to receiving that kind of education because he feels like his words were misconstrued, and then when he was asked to explain, it was, it was convoluted to say the least. That's where I'm coming from with that. In the 13 years that he's been in the National Football League, he's never, he certainly never had something like this come up before. But there's still no excuse. It shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have said it. And obviously the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles definitively are going to address this matter. My, what I took issue specifically with what you're saying is that the Eagles should – just let him go no matter what and how upset you would be with them if they were to keep him on board. Keep in mind, you had a player in Riley 
Cooper years ago that offended the African-American community in 2013. Stephen, I don't know who the hell Riley Cooper is. I don't follow this stuff as closely as you do. I really don't. If, 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 if some jackass made a comment about black, a black American that way, you know exactly where I'd come down. Oh, I do now, know that. Now, now that said, yep. this is a hard mistake. I mean, yes, you're praising Hitler? I mean, no, uh, to, to Jews, yep. this is like, that, that is it. And that's fine. And I don't, I, speak, I don't give a damn what the Jewish community is doing. I don't even know who in the Jewish community we're talking about. Probably some liberal organization, quite frankly, but that's fine. I don't have the foggiest idea. Listen, I'm hated by everybody, so that doesn't matter. But not by me. Not by me. You know nah, that. No. But, 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 but what I will tell you is this. I left something out. And the reason why yes, I sir. came to these conclusions is because when Deshaun Jackson, when I found out about his Instagram post, I called him. And the first words out of my mouth was, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Why would you do something like that? And he said, well... I was just trying to uplift black folks and to talk to them about being positive, even in the face of controversy and all of this other stuff that we're dealing with in this day and age, Stephen. I didn't mean it the way people are saying it. I said, what the hell are you doing mentioning Hitler? Why would you do that? That makes no sense. And what, did, what, did, what, did, what did he say to that? He said, listen, I was, I was hanging with my cousin, and these guys started talking about Things from an historical perspective, and I was listening, looking at us as black people on some of the things that we've been going through since the George Floyd killing, and these conversations were, take, were, were happening, so I just wanted to reach out and try to give positive input to the black community. And I said, by mentioning Hitler, it makes no sense. By the way, by the way, Stephen, what is your buddy Kellerman, what did he say about any of this? Anything? Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much the same thing that Deshaun Jackson didn't know what he was talking about. That you know he came across as ill-informed um, and absolutely no knowledge of history whatsoever, and he was talking about him along those lines. My position was simply this: when I brought up Riley Cooper, a guy you don't know, and I understand that. The only reason I brought him up is because when he spewed the N-word all over the place at a country music concert when he was going off, and the Eagles. He was playing for the Eagles. What year was what this? Happened? It was 2014, if I remember correctly. Never heard of this guy. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, 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 he was a starting wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, they sent him home for a couple of days, and then a few months later they signed him to a $25 million contract. Well, it's ridiculous. So, so what, I'm say- what I was saying to the Philadelphia Eagles is, remember your history, because Howie Roseman – who's an executive with the Eagles now, was there back then. Jeffrey Lurie was the owner of the Eagles mm-hmm. at that particular By the way, another lib. I'm just saying. I got you. So I'm just saying, I was just saying, be consistent. People mm-hmm. screw up a lot, particularly when it's athletes trying to step out of their lane. Some athletes are incredibly knowledgeable. Some athletes are incredibly not so. Stephen, I read the NFL statement. That yeah. was a very bland statement. Can't you agree to that? Do you agree with me? I did not see the statement. I've been on the road over the last few hours, Mark. But Where are you going? Without even without seeing the statement, I, you're probably right. I'm in Long Island heading to my sister's house. By the way, you go to these uh, UFC fights, don't you? Yes, I do. Have you ever invited me to go to UFC? I can't get into these things without you. Well, first of all, first of all, I don't have to invite you. You're the great <laughs> one. You call me. And you tell me there's a fight that you want to go to, and I'll get you in the fight. I'm serious about this. I know. I love it. Do you love it? You know, I got you covered. 
I love watching this stuff. I know it's kind of sick, though, but I love watching it. I will tell you this. Don't miss Saturday night, Masvidal versus Usman. Oh. That's a big, big, big-time welterweight championship fight. Make no mistake about it. Masvidal, Usman is the real deal, but if Masvidal beats him, I think Masvidal will be the biggest box office draw in the UFC after this fight. You know, when it comes to the sport, you're like the rain man. It's like you're spewing, whatever the sport is. Yeah, I know this, this guy does that. How do you do that? Uh, Well, I study, I do my homework just like you do with your politics. Listen, a lot of times you and I talk, we don't always agree, but I know who's the more knowledgeable one. I'm not stupid, and I ain't blind. So what Mm -hmm. you do is you let people know where you stand, how you feel, and then you you open yourself up to being educated by those who may know more even when you have a different perspective. And that's where we all have to go with this. Let me Whether ask you a question. Anybody else. What do you think about these two national anthems? Are they serious about that? They are serious about it. Um, for me personally, listen, I've always been one of this mindset. I never agreed with the kneeling on the part of Colin Kaepernick, but I certainly agreed with his right to do so. And by the I way, you always, took a lot of heat for this. I don't give a damn. You know me. I yep. say what I feel. I mean what I say. And let the tips fall where they may. If I'm wrong, then I'll stand up and correct myself and say I was wrong. But if I'm right, I'm not budging. When it comes to him, all I would say, because I know you got a lot of folks out there uh, that obviously felt that it was a patriotic issue. What I'm telling you, American in this nation, that when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, we didn't take it that way. He, where we felt like, hey, okay, we might not have done it. But he has a right to do it as an American citizen. Do you and think this helps sport? Let's politics aside. Sure. Seriously, sure. Sure. I can't watch this stuff anymore, Stephen A. I, I honestly, I said, all right, it's the weekend, Monday night. I want to get away from all this stuff. I do this every damn day. The country's living through this every day. They go, all right, let me have a beer. Let me let me watch whether basketball, baseball, whatever the hell, football, and then it's oh my god, it's here. Again, let me tell you, let me let me let me let me flip let me flip that on you, Mark. Go ahead. You you have watched many games and obviously covering sports. I have been to many games where there have been people who don't stand for the national anthem. They don't sing the national anthem. They don't even watch people singing the national anthem. They could care less. We still manage to get by that and still enjoy the 60 minutes of football we got on that particular Sunday afternoon. So why can't the same be applicable to somebody whose views you may disagree with but violated no laws? Remember, the NFL had it, unlike the NBA, unlike Major League Baseball, which absolutely positively mandated that you stand for the national anthem. Remember when it came to football, the NFL, they didn't even have a policy mandating it. They just strongly encouraged it. I'll so tell you the difference. Nothing, I'll, t- I'll tell you the difference. difference. Sure, go ahead. I'm, listening. I'm not watching a football game or going to a football game to watch some slob with a beer in the stands. That's I'm fair. going there to watch the players. Okay. I'm buying their jerseys. I'm buying their sneakers. I'm buying what they're selling. I'm Let into the team. Hold on now. Let me- right. I'm into the okay. team. Okay. Not some schmuck who's standing behind me doing whatever the hell he's doing. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Do you watch Super Bowls? Yeah, sometimes. Did you watch Did you watch Colin Kaepernick in the Super Bowl when he played for the San Francisco 49ers against the Baltimore Ravens? Wait, you, you're going to test my memory on the Super Bowl with no, Colin Kaepernick? No, no, no. I don't no, remember, to be honest with no. you. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Here's what I'm saying to you. What Colin Kaepernick does, even if you disagree with it, didn't stop you from watching the games because he did nothing during the game. It was before the game. 
He did nothing during the game. Then I must have shut the damn TV off. (laughs) I don't remember a damn thing about it, to be perfectly honest with you. I really don't. (laughs) Right. All I'm saying, listen, listen. In in this country, we got to remember, because sports is supposed to be bringing folks together. And you make a very legitimate point when you say you and the average fan out there doesn't tune in to see all of this. That is fair. But the flip side to it is that there's absolutely positively nothing that's going on once the buzzer sounds or kickoff starts or whatever the case may be. There's nothing going on at that particular moment in time to inhibit your enjoyment of the game. And last but not least, this is America. It's all right to disagree and still come together. I know, but you know what? Let's put it. Let's put football. Let's put sports aside. You can't walk sure. into IBM or AT and T. With T-shirts, with political statement, they have, they, they have codes against this sort of thing. Uh, you can express your First Amendment, but the First Amendment has nothing to do with a football game. There's no government involved. It has nothing to do with a corporation. And I think a lot of people are saying, look at this guy. He's getting paid millions of dollars. He's taking a knee. Me, i got to show up for work. I'm earning $41,000 a year. I come into right. here. I can't do that. I've got a lot well, to a say, minute. but I can't say well, anything. Well, wait a minute, Mark. That yes, goes sir. to the point that I brought up earlier. He wasn't in violation of anything. They would have been in violation on their job. The NFL didn't have any rules to prevent this. Or, and they're or, never going to now. Because I'll tell you, this commissioner, I don't know. See, I see this commissioner as an absolute gutless wonder. First, he's on one side. Then he's on another side. And both sides he takes, he's like crying in his beard. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's a, it's like get a spine, take a position, and stick with your position. Oh, we were wrong. What do you mean you were wrong? Two years ago, you were right, you said. You can look at it that way. I look at it this way. There's 32 billionaire owners in the National Football League. They're the ones who cut his check. Who the hell is anybody to think that he's working for anybody? Well, that's true, isn't it? I mean, listen, the man got paid $44 million one year, $37 million another. How do we get that gig? How the hell is it? Was projected to make $50 million. Oh, my God. Okay, I mean, this, this, this is, you can't make this up. No wonder the hot dogs are 12 bucks. How about that? How about that? <laughs> so when we're talking about athletes and how grateful, you know, they should be because of the privileged position they're in. Think about him. They're all privileged. He Let's be honest. Bad. Let's be honest. They're all privileged. Yeah. That's why, and, and by the way, they're privileged because they're great at what they do. Whether you're a scholar, whether you're whatever you are in your field, maybe you're an inventor, maybe you're a race car driver, whatever you are, everybody deserves their due. But people get right. sick and tired of the politics and the whining when they want to watch the game. I'm just telling you which, from my perspective, Stephen. Which, which, is, which is why when Mark Levin or Sean Hannity or anybody else is complaining to the point where they say, I've had enough, and as a result, you're willing to affect their bottom line, just like I didn't knock that athlete for exercising his right, I damn sure ain't knock you for exercising yours. All right. And that's what we got to You know remember. what? You, you and I ought to do like a uh, nationally syndicated TV show together. You know what? Hey, what is win. with this Skip Bayless? We, I, I don't want to get you in trouble. You ever seen a bigger weasel in your life? Oh, my well, God, you, this guy. Well, you know. In the interest of full disclosure, that's one of my buddies right there, Mark. All right. Well, then I won't attack him to you. <laughs> He's one of my buddies. I, I've known for many years. But as, as terms of you and I, uh, we, we'd win. I mean, I'd win the sports debate. You'd win the political debate. We'd both win in the ratings. 
I but we'd have fun, and everybody would know how to talk to each other. That would be true, because you and I talk off the record all the time. Yes, and God bless you, buddy. God bless you. All right, be well, and we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I love that guy. I really do. He's sharp. He knows his stuff. I know my stuff. But he really knows his sports. So i got to be careful when I dip my toe in that water. But anyway, I don't know who the hell Riley Cooper is. Sounds like a jackass. I just don't know who he is. Mortgage rates keep rewriting the record books. They really do. And I mean, right now, there are many options with rates in the threes, even some with rates in the twos. It's quite crazy. So if you haven't looked into buying a home or refinancing to drop your current rate, you need to now. Homeownership really is affordable, especially when you work with my friends at American Financing. This is a family-owned business. They really do care about you. And I like American Financing because their mortgage consultants are in it for you. Creating custom loans designed around your financial goals, no pressure, no obligation, no upfront or hidden fees. It's a simple process, and it's something they've been doing for over 20 years, helping people like you, like Mr. Producer, like my daughter, and you can save up to $1,000 a month. That's right, a month. So please make the 10-minute call now and get your free mortgage review. The number is 888-900-1828. That's 888-900-1828, or apply online with their digital mortgage by visiting AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, well, we went a little long that uh, segment. How much time do I have left, Mr. Producer? 45 seconds, that's no time at all. Well, we've got a lot to do when we get back. We've got Tom Hanks, but even more, we have Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo says the president doesn't have the authority to open our schools. The president didn't say, Andy, that he has the authority to open your schools. But on the other hand, the federal government spends a lot of money subsidizing your schools. And what he says is, I might withhold that money in whole or part if you don't start teaching the little kids like they need to be taught. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Well, it looks like my concern and my prediction that Joe Biden will try to duck the debates, certainly in person, is picking up steam. 
looks like the primetime hosts on Fox agree with me, and they should. And they're all noticed that this Tom Friedman is giving the talking points to Biden and trying to lay the foundation uh, and lead the way. Because Biden will get creamed if that happens. This whole strategy of uh, campaigning from a padded basement uh, they think is effective because you don't know the real Joe Biden. You don't know the real Joe Biden. You think you know the real Joe Biden from a few years ago, but no. So uh, my viewpoint is becoming the, the understood viewpoint, but we shouldn't tolerate it either. You can't allow this to go on. You can't have a presidential campaign where the candidate is treated like the bubble boy. At least that's the way it, it ought not be. Colleges hike tuition slash classroom instruction. There needs to be some kind of investigation, maybe from the Federal Trade Commission. I'm not sure who would have the jurisdiction, an element within the Department of Justice, to determine, and I mean this in all seriousness, whether colleges are gouging students. It not only would sell politically, but that's not even my point. My point is tuition in many of these colleges is unaffordable and inexcusable. And they keep building these buildings and expanding their empires and and overpaying professors who teach one course a week, maybe two courses a week, and then they get tenure and then they're sitting pretty. There's something terribly wrong. And the reason the left won't investigate this is because this is their indoctrination bill. This is where they hope to get a lot of votes. And they're right about that from their perspective. It's the reason they don't attack the trial lawyers. The trial lawyers are mostly left, and they give an enormous amount of money to the Democrat Party. This is why they don't attack the NEA and the AFT, these public school teacher unions. Same thing. So between the colleges and universities, the trial lawyers and the public schools, the Democrats can't change a damn thing. And they don't want to. And they don't want to. So here it is in the Washington Free Beacon. Colleges are hiking the price of tuition and living fees despite a decrease in classroom learning and student services. The University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, UIUC, New York University, the University of Southern California, and Indiana University are among several universities raising tuition and other fees in the upcoming academic year. These institutions will raise the cost of tuition and living expenses by an average of $1,511 while minimizing services, amenities, and in-person classroom learning. Tuition hikes come as universities struggle to adapt to the challenges posed by the coronavirus pandemic, which has forced schools to send students home from campus where they can riot in the streets. No, I added that. And adopt alternative teaching methods. Colleges fear tuition revenue will decrease as they transition to online programming, but students are more concerned that they are paying exorbitant rates with little return. Yes, they're getting what we call ripped off. Colleges justify the tuition and fee increase by citing the fixed operation costs 
and decisions made before the pandemic. Part of their biggest fixed operation costs are these contracts with these professors. These Marxist professors like money. They really do. They like money. They like benefits. It's like Marx. Karl Marx used to play the stock market with his father's money. His father was a lawyer. While preaching burning down the system. UIUC, the Illinois school, will raise in-state student tuition by 4.5% to a minimum of $32,814. And out-of-state tuition will be raised by 3.5% to $50,604. University of Illinois spokesman Jan Dennis told the Washington Free Beacon that the public university, which received $1.9 billion in taxpayer funds in 2019, would not roll back costs, though it is attempting to expand scholarship programs. This is a perfect opportunity for the Levin plan. For the Levin defund the left. $1.9 billion? Are they nuts? And then it goes on with these other universities. So this is a real opportunity to do something good and do something that is wise politically. You know, Bernie Sanders is out there, the Marxist that he is, talking about free colleges and free universities. We should be talking about how these colleges and universities are ripping off these students, their parents, that these costs are exorbitant. They just are. And they cannot be justified. And so the Federal Trade Commission or some other entity in the federal government needs to take a look at this. And maybe while it's doing that, maybe the the cost should be frozen. Now, this is mostly a state issue since these are state institutions. But they do receive federal dollars. The GI Bill, student loans, uh, other subsidies through other grants and contracts and so forth. So the federal government has a hook, which the left uses all the time. They have a hook, and they ought to use it. But they ought to look into it. Why? And notice notice the, uh, the members of Congress never hold hearings on any of this. They don't call the presidents of these colleges and universities and go through it, go through their budgets, go through any of this stuff, despite the fact that federal dollars are spent. Why? Because the Democrat Party funding machine, the Democrat Party propaganda machine, the Democrat Party political machine never gets questioned. It gets celebrated. Whether these lousy left-wing mayors in these cities that are letting their people get killed, whether these lousy trial lawyers that drive up the cost of everything, whether these lousy Marxist tenure professors are destroying the minds of our youth, the Democrat Party Puts party before country. That's right, I said it. Well, look at him. What do you think? Party before country. So there's this Asian-American researcher. He was fired from Michigan State. Why? Why was he fired? Our friend Daniel Horowitz tells us a conservative review. This is relevant. The entire purpose of academic research is to discover the truth about vexing scientific and societal questions. 
And what do you use? You use research and data. You know, the left you know, you, you, you deny the science, you right-wing kooks. You always deny the science out there. And yet it is they who deny the knowledge and science. If the truth refutes a sacred political agenda, you can no longer publish such research or even cite it. That's where we are today. And the latest victim of this reverse Jim Crow, as he calls it, this witch hunt against the truth in data and academic research is Stephen Shu, HSU, Vice President for Research at Michigan State University. On June 2nd, he cited a study from researchers at Michigan State and University of Maryland that concludes, quote, we did not find evidence for anti-black or anti-Hispanic disparity in police use of force across all shootings, and if anything, found anti-white disparities when controlling for race-specific crime, unquote. Wow, that goes against the flow, doesn't it? This study analyzed 917 officer-involved fatal shootings and found that the per capita racial disparity in fatal shootings is explained by non-white people's greater exposure to police through crime. The study was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences last year. That's a big deal. The College Fix reports that Stephen Sue was fired from Michigan State University for citing this study and posting an interview of one of its authors, Michigan State College, Joe Cicero. On his blog, he posted the interview with Cicero on June 2nd, the same day that the study was cited by Conservative Review. On June 25, the Wall Street Journal reported that the Graduate Employees Union, Graduate Employees Union? Are you kidding me? was calling for Shu's head on Twitter. The journal pointed out that, among other things, the union also faulted him for having direct funding to research downplaying racism and bias in political shootings. As Professor Su told the Wall Street Journal, the MSU professor who conducted that work, psychologist Joe Cicero, tells me that we had no idea what the data was going to be, what the outcome was going to be, before we did this study, Mr. Cicero has collected evidence from a, a simulator and from real-world interactions between police and citizens. He concluded that the nature of the interaction really matters the most and the officers were not more likely to be ready to shoot upon encountering a black versus white citizen. Now, this professor has been fired. And Horowitz says, Americans need to think long and hard about the implications of this story, the authenticity of academic and scientific research in general. If the only research that is allowed, allowed to be published is flat-earth science that is rooted in woke political sentiment and not in facts and data, then how can we trust anything published by the academic world? This is not just about policing. We're seeing the country turned upside down over assertions about COVID-19 that are already refuted by the public data that we have about the lethality of the virus and how it spreads. The same censorship we see on policing and racial issues is playing out in the coronavirus research. Policies that affect the safety, liberty, and way of life of the whole of the people are now being propelled by one-sided research. 
I would put it a different way. One-sided ideology. Minnesota State Senator Scott Jensen, who was named the Family Physician of the Year in 2016, announced in a video that he's now under investigation by the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice for questioning the official virus death count and implying that not all people died because of COVID-19. That is a simple fact acknowledged by the White House Coronavirus Task Force, Response Administrator Dr. Deborah Burks, and the Illinois Health Director. This is especially evident from an analysis of Minnesota's death certificates. Yet Jensen is not allowed to speak the truth. This cancel culture and censorship have now reached every aspect of our lives. You're no longer allowed to believe in common sense or traditional values, even outside your official job. Most recently, a Boeing executive was fired for having written an essay in 1987 opposing putting women in combat. This culture has accelerated because Republicans who serve as a fake opposition movement to the cultural jihad of the left have taught the modern-day book burners that the minute they bark racism, sexism, or any other ism, Republicans will run like a scared child from a barking dog. The time has come for a new movement that will stand our ground at all costs. There's no other choice. Well, we have that president who is fighting back, who is pushing back. That's why they want to take him out. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, let's continue. A lot of people want to talk about the NFL, as well as other things. Let's go to Mark, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Go, go, go. All right, let's move on. Mark, are you there? I guess not. He was eating pasta and a meatball got caught. Anyway, let's keep going. Elizabeth. Milford, Connecticut, Sirius Satellite. How are you? Hi, Elizabeth. Oh, hi. hi, Mark. It's Elizabeth. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Just wanted to chime in on the tuition increases. Unfortunately, what we're seeing is all these increases, but they're not going toward faculty. They're not going toward teaching. They're not going toward scholarship. They're going toward 
administrators for every special interest group that darkens the door of any building on campus, plus their administrative staff, plus their um, uh, office space and their benefits and their 401ks or 403bs as they have in the academia. And so it, it, it's, it's this massive explosion of administrators that are driving up these costs because they have to accommodate every special interest, be if it's sexual orientation, if it's race, if it's um, disability, it's all being factored in and everybody has to pay for that. And it's very unfortunate because none of it's going toward teaching. I spent mm -hmm. 10 years in academia, in higher education, and it's a, it's sad to see that that's how it's how it's going. Mm hmm. I think it's that, and it's probably other things too. They keep expanding their campuses. Yes, and I, I it, ne it all, never ends. I'm all for satellite campuses and access, but I will say that yes, there has to be some some uh, some rationale, some some end to this. My father always used to say, how much is enough? And that was always a question that guided us. And that's what I want to say to these administrators is, how much is enough? How much more do... Well, I, I don't care what they say. I think that it's time to defund them. I mean, uh, I, I don't care if they can't meet their costs. They need to start cutting. They need to start cutting uh, tenure. They need to start... Look, I saw who was pouring out in the streets... And there were an awful lot of what I consider to be white college students, uh, based on their age, as best as I can tell. Maybe graduate students, maybe professors, maybe maybe bureaucrats uh, in Washington D.C. and so forth. And uh, they want to defund the cops, and I want to defund them. It's that simple. And All I, right, yeah. And I, I I need to read the the Levin plan, so I will go and do that this evening. There's eleven points to the Levin plan. All right, my friend. Thank you. There's nothing to read. I just stated it, right, Mr. Producer? Maybe I should put it, put it in writing. Maybe I'll put it in writing. People seem to remember more things when they're in writing than when they hear the radio or watch TV, I noticed. The Levin plan has 11 points to it. Actually, it's a simple plan. Look for areas to defund them. To defund them. When it comes to local school systems, no. Fight any increase whatsoever. All right, I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Matty. Albany, New York, XM Satellite. How are you? Maddie. Hi, Mark Levin. Yes, ma'am. Good, uh, good evening. Um, good evening. Oh, it's, it's an honor to talk to you. Um, you honestly have saved me in college from going to the dark side of the liberal side. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're the one I saved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I am a teacher currently in Albany, New York charter school for girls, high school, and, um, you know, I just kind of want to ask your advice and your reasoning, because I'm a social studies teacher, and now I feel like everything that's true is... Let me tell you what we're going to do. Mr. Callsweer, do not lose this young lady. Get her phone number and call her back so I can bring her right back, all right? So we're going to call you right back, Maddie, but in the meantime... Let's go to Bill, Chicago, Illinois, XM Satellite Radio, our wonderful satellite brothers. Go. Oh. Um, yes, I, yes. I, I, I'm sorry. How are Mark, you, Bill? Gonna, I'm doing great, and it's good to be on your show. Thank you. I was going to say, when I, when I think of uh, Joe Biden, I think of Mortimer Snurd. I wouldn't have it. Mortimer Snurd. Well, you and I are older guys, you know. I know. Not too many people are going to remember that. Charlie McCarthy and uh, yeah. Mortimer Snurd and uh, uh, Edgar Bergen was the ventriloquist. Yeah. Uh, I guess the Democratic Party. So in other words, you think he's a dummy? Oh, definitely. And mm-hmm. and the dummy above all, above all dummies, Mortimer mm-hmm. Snurd. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, the advice of the New York Times, multiple Pulitzer Prize winning buffoon, is, Joe, make the conditions for Trump unacceptable duck the debate, and then accuse Trump of ducking the debate. Isn't that clever, Bill? Aren't they so clever? I'm surprised they got to read that. Mm -hmm. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Let's continue. We go from Chicago, Illinois, to Salem, Oregon. Zach on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. It's such an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Are you an Oregonian? Yes, I am. Are you a Salamanian, or what do they call people from Salem? Um, I don't say that. I'm actually from Sweet Home, which is about 40 miles. Oh, okay, that's a whole other thing. All right, go right ahead. Yeah, um, I just wanted to comment about like what you were saying about um, <clears throat> the Democrat Party trying to avoid Biden debating Trump. Because mm-hmm. I really feel if they if if Trump debates Biden, I think it will win Trump the election because. So I think I. the Democrat, I think the Democrat Party knows there's something wrong with Biden. Mm-hmm. He's got some cognitive function. He's slipping, and um, they know he can't sit there and debate him for like an hour and a half, three times. And they yeah. know they're just going to lose the election, even though he's behind 14 points. They know their lead will be erased if he debates them because they can. That can. And 14 election. points among <clears throat> registered voters, not likely voters. So it's not 14 points. It's closer than that. I'm not saying Trump's leading. It's closer than that. And you're exactly right. And Thomas Friedman, who is a yep. uh, sycophant for the, uh, for the communist regime in uh, China, uh, so he knows how these things work. He says, look, 
Put these conditions out for Trump. You know he won't meet them. And then blame Trump for not having debates. And I said this, if you listen to this program a few weeks ago, they're going to try and figure out a way to kill the debates, at least in-person debates. Yeah, yeah. They They can't afford, listen, their whole campaign is to keep him as the bubble boy. They can't afford to let him out three times to debate Trump. Trump will slap him around. Yep. <laughs> I know. And I want to say one other thing, too. And the reason why I say this about the base, because I feel this, too. I'm not sure how you feel, but I, I look back at Reagan and Carter, and I think that one debate they had the week before Election Day, had Reagan and Carter not debated, I really feel Carter would have been reelected because that debate changed everything. You know, uh, I don't remember the exact date, but a few day, a few weeks, I should say, before the general election, Carter was still leading Reagan. But, I mean, he wasn't way behind Reagan, but he was still. And then uh, within the next, uh, within three days of the general election, certainly within two days of the general election, Carter was told it was going to be a rout for Reagan. Yep. And my God, was it a rout. Yes, it was. And the second and time not... around was even a bigger rout. Yeah. Reagan won 49 states, and he would have won uh, uh, Minnesota, Mondale's Minnesota, if he had gotten uh, Mondale won by about 3,000 votes. So if Reagan had 1,600 more votes, he would have won that to 50 states. Can you imagine? Yeah. I know. I know. How times have changed them. And he almost you know? got 60% of the popular vote. Well, look, the demographics have changed. The Democrats have taken care of that. Uh, no president's going to ever win that again. And so you have to duke it out county by county, state by state. And I remember after Reagan's second term and then George H.W. Bush won Reagan's third term, including, by the way, won California. Uh, I remember the Democrats and the media saying, the prognosticators, the Democrats are never going to win the presidency again. So the Democrats decided, here's how we're going to win the presidency. You know what they decided? Let's change the citizens, the citizenry. Change the citizenry. And that's what they've been doing ever since. Open borders, no border patrol, amnesty, amnesty, amnesty. That's what they're all about. All right, my brother. Zach, an Oregonian, thank you for your call. Back to Maddie, Albany, New York. How are you, Maddie? I'm good, Mark Levin. How are you? Oh, that's much better. Very well. Thank you. Um, so I currently work as a social studies teacher um, up in Albany, New York. And it's my first, well, it's my second year teaching. I actually, um, I have my license in special education, so I work mm-hmm. as a special education teacher, but I, my major was history in college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with everything going on with online learning and just the way that they're pushing the curriculum, you know, trying to hide things that, you know, are the truth, I just want to know, what's your, what is your advice to me as, you know, someone who, I want to teach history and I want to lead my students to the right views about equality, and I just don't, I don't like what I'm seeing on the news, and it's just very... Concerning. Well, let me ask you a few questions. What are the tenure rules in New York? How many years? Uh, it's three years with a um, certain amount of observations. So I'd keep my head down till I got tenure, if I were you, just like the left does. I'm being quite serious about this. And then I would, I would think hard about study plans that are not sort of in-your-face study plans, but study plans that raise questions and raise facts that are more in line with actual American history. That's what I would do. It's going to take you longer. You're going to have to work harder than your typical liberal teacher. Uh, And uh, there may be textbooks in, in other jurisdictions and other states that are worth your getting a copy of. 
to kind of borrow from those so you don't have to reinvent the wheel without even mentioning those textbooks. You know, you can, you can put them in your own words. Uh, so you cover the topic, um, but you cover in a way that's uh, just, just far more truthful than, uh, than the propaganda you're probably being given in New York to spew. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Whatever you do, don't use my book. You'll get fired in two seconds. <laughs> All right, Maddie. God bless you. Get that tenure. But, Mark, you're against tenure. You know what? I can't get rid of it right now. So if you're a conservative or a patriot or just a solid, regular American, get your tenure. So they can't take you out like they're taking out so many conservatives. Cindy, Indianapolis, Indiana, one of my favorite towns. That's a, I love that town, actually. They have great restaurants and so forth. XM Satellite, go. Hi, Mark. Hello, Cindy. The, the NFL, yes. it looks like they are willingly gutting, if not absolutely eliminating, their own audience. This I don't think not. they believe that. We're going to have to show them that because I don't think they believe it. I, I think, think they think that they're God's gift that uh, uh, they're flying high, and you're going to come back, and you're going to watch it. This is not retail, where if a company decides to go with the woke you know, sentiment, they can pick up the other half of the country and replace the half that they dumped. Woke people don't watch football, and that's just the way it is. They look in the mirror all the time. Have you noticed? <laughs> no, that's right. And so uh, that's the way it goes. I'm telling you, it's not easy for me. Football is a habit for me, but I'm going to give it up. I, I swear, I'm not watching it. I know my man Stephen been... A is not going to like that, but that's just the way it is. I'm not watching it. Well, I really enjoyed listening to what he had to say and to the two of you talk about it. Because, you know, that, that's, an, that's an attractive point that he was reaching for there where he said, you know, after that bit at the beginning, the mm-hmm. game goes on and everybody watches the game. That would fly if it was just a case of we're angry about X issue, and this is the issue we're angry about. That's not what's happening. It is what you have said. Mm -hmm. They are telling us, the people in the stands and the people watching at home, you are all racist. Yeah. I mean, if they're not talking about the people in the stands, which is a diverse population of people, then who are they talking about? Systemically racist means the system is entrenched, and it is racist. Yes. So you can't say, oh, not my fans, you know, because they're paying the bill. We mean everybody else. No, we know what you mean. You, you know what you mean. You, Mr. Police officer in the stands, you, Mr. Police officer watching at home, you're definitely racist. And if mm-hmm. you're white watching at home, you most likely are racist, too. That's a lot different than saying, well, I'm angry about this issue that maybe some of you will agree with me on. That's not what's happening. And they are going to find out. And it's well, How we'll see they if they don't find care out. About the bottom line? Well, because I say they don't believe it's going to happen. That's right. They it's don't. It's going to be up to all of you. Yep. Remember, they live in a different world. I'm not talking about black, white. I'm talking about sports. They live in a different world. They have different sportscasters, different columnists, different talk shows, different TV sh- uh, networks, and so forth than, say, we do. You know. We're conservative talk radio, you watch Fox, you do this, you do that, and you dip into sports. They live sports morning, noon, and night. Yes. And so it sort of reinforces their attitudes and their views. Um, and so uh, everybody that's in the fans 
that's in the stands, who's a fan, everybody that's on cable and so forth, they're not necessarily part of that 24-7 sports world. They're like me, a lot of people. Okay, I'm not there all the time. I'm there a little bit. I find it very fascinating and engaging. It's Sunday. I want to watch football. There's a guy now. I thought he was playing Pollard. Screw it. Yeah. And by the way, Mr. Producer reminded me, and thank you for your call, Cindy. What did I do the first time Kaepernick took a knee, Mr. Producer? You can open your microphone. What did I do? What did I say? You were done with the NFL. I said, that that's it. it. I shut it off. But then I kind of weaseled back, and now I'm done. Particularly if they have two national anthems and they're taking knees and doing this. I can't get it out of my mind when, you know, during the rest of the game. I can't. I just can't. And she's right. I've said many times. Systemically racist? Uh, no. But if that's the way you view us, then screw off. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. You know, I mentioned Cuomo and Tom. I'm not paying their, playing their clips. Who cares what they have to say anyway? I don't care. The callers have been great tonight. Great. You know, I, I wish broadcasters would stop trying to tell the President of the United States what to do in every instance. Well, he needs to do pardon this one and commute this one, and he needs to do this, and he needs to do it. If he doesn't, he's a turncoat. Folks. You've got to give the president some credit. It's easy enough for people to sit behind a microphone or television camera and tell the president what to do. And maybe he should and maybe he shouldn't, but I want the president to focus on getting reelected for the sake of our country. As I said before, he's the only thing, the only person that stands between us and them on the left. If he loses, it's going to be miserable. And you're going to feel the pain directly. So it's a big deal. I'm just tired of it. People think they know everything. Let's go to Frank Lexington, Kentucky, the great WVLK country. Go! Hello, Frank. Hey, I just wanted to comment on the fact that Today, Biden came out and said he wanted to defund the police. But nobody really wants to address the fact that he spent nearly four decades on 
crime legislation, crime bills during the Reagan era, crime bill during the Clinton era, mass incarceration, which is basically... This this is why, I'm just running out of time, there's a great point. This is why a debate, if the president's properly prepared, and I think he will be, is Biden's worst enemy. Because he's been on both sides of these issues. And the president, you're right, can turn to him and say, now wait a minute. You're the reason we have this, and now you're saying, let's defund what you created. You've had too many years in Washington, D.C. You don't know how to solve anything. Then you come in now, and you claim you have all the answers. I think you're exactly right, Frank. And, uh, and not only that, it's, it's ironic how that pairs nicely with the BLM movement's uh, initiative to dismantle the nuclear family. All right, my friend, I got to run. I I apologize to you. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Thank you, Levinites. Thank you, my wonderful audience, for being with us as long as you can, hopefully three hours. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.